Hello. Oh, hello, Merlin. How are you doing today? Good morning, Dan. How Good are morning. you? I'm oh. very well. Yes. Wonderful to hear it. Are you? Are you well? Yeah, I'm really good today, actually. I'm really good today too. I'm really why are you so? Why are you so good? Why am I so good? Why am I so good? Mm. How, man, the better question is, how am I so good? How are you? <laughs> who, who, <laughs> who besides you could be so good? Not even the rain. Not even the rain. Nobody ever asks, "How's Waldo?" Um, I uh, what? I've been sleeping well. I've started taking more sleep drugs. Not not like the bad ones, but that <laughs> that helps. Which ones have you deeper. been? Which ones have you been using? I'm not going to talk about that. Okay. Because, I mean, it might help people. Well, it's a prescription. Oh, But it's okay. not, you know, the one that made my <laughs> my mother-in-law sleepwalk. Oh. Um, anyways, that's good. Also, this ritual of going to the cafe around the corner every morning with my kid is really nice. She's having a jubilee right now. This is their, what they call, spring break. So, uh, she's off school for the week. Off computer for the week, I should say. So that's good. I mean, you know. Does she continue? Is it continuing through the um, through the Easter time? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it is. Um, yeah. It's you know, it's classic classic spring break. You know, um, my friend Alex is always uh, not always is is frequently like, you know, complaining about the the widget that shows you photos because they don't like seeing pictures of you know dead people and dead pets and stuff. But I love I love the photo widget. It's one of the best things. Pretty much every day. I get some kind of an amazing thing, plus sometimes a picture of Eric Trump. I forgot to delete, but um, but uh, now last it's, it's weird to look back though. You know this um this week and years ago it's because uh, you know the spring break tends to be around this same time. Right. Pretty wild. We were in different places. Went to Disney a couple times in the past. Not this time. You you could you could see her in front of the uh, Hogwarts Express. You know, stuff like that. So do you do the now. widgets on the, when you swipe to the right and then the widgets are there, uh, or do or are you doing the widgets where they are? Um, I'll show you. I'll show you. I do a, um, I think I have, I'm, I'm not one of those people that obsesses about their, uh, their, uh, their homepage, mm. but, um, I gotta say, buddy, I really, how can I put this? I, I didn't prepare much today. I, um, I think, I think the things that they did in iOS 14 are very interesting. And uh, it's really changed the way that I use my phone. I don't know if that becomes a topic, but I, I notice a, a really vast difference in how I use the phone since uh, the addition of App Library, since the addition of, in my case, as you'll see, and the thing I'm about to send you, am I, uh, I hope there's not, nothing creepy here. I don't think so. I would love to explain my screen to you because I think it's very good. Um, uh, it's changed so much. But no, I have it, as you'll see in a sec, I have it right up there at the, um, where's Dan? Where is Dan? Dan is here. Dan is not here. Um, I use I have it right at the top of the screen. Um, I'll send this to you. But basically, my my I don't I call it home screen. I don't know. My home screen has three sections uh, vertically. Uh, two rows are the photo widget. Two rows are my go to apps, and then two rows are series suggestions. Mm. And I think that's what it's called. And the series suggestions are just so freaking good. It really it, Dan mm. it gets me. Do you use a, do you use that widget? That is not one that I have uh, used before, and I don't have currently any widgets on my main home screen. I have them on the swipe to the right thing, but I could change I, it. I, I want to change it. I want to do well, better. Let me show you mine. Let me walk you through this. Yeah, help me. I don't, help me. Am I comfortable sharing this? I'm not sure. Yeah, mm, possibly, but no, nah, probably not. But anyways, um, so what I love though <laughs> That's is so cute. Oh my god, the whole 
What? Their little picture. Oh, it's not pretty. It's not pretty. What, what are you making a noise about? It's so cute. Oh, the baby. Yes. It's oh, beautiful. Look at, look at that face. Look at that little face. Uh, look at that. She has oh such a round gosh. face. Oh, look, look at, at this one. Face. Look at this one. This is me at uh, Jesse Thorne's wedding. You're going to make me add this thing. widget now. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get reminded of that. Look at that face. Look at that face. My, our oh friend my Rebecca gosh. made her that look sweater. Look at that. Sweater. The little cheeks. Look at that. She, doesn't she look wise? Yes. And she looks a little bit like a Damien. Like, yeah, no, I see it. I do see it. Doesn't I look do like she's see seen it. some stuff. Like, like the way <laughs> um, Colossus' sister. <laughs> What's her name? Oh, um, um you know, oh, I don't know. I forgot. Magic. Yeah. Magic. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, you know, like how she likes to hang in or ends up hanging in the underworld a lot. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a baby that is. is she the one that has the Maybe sword, the, the sword that can open the portal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know she's a new mutant. Mm-hmm. Why we not? first are introduced to her, I believe, in Giant Size X Men uh, number one, where Colossus, uh, uh, she's about to get run over by a tractor, mm. and he and he saves her. His own sister. His own sister. Mm-hmm. Eight year old dude. I, I got. I feel like I'm already pretty deep in the stack. What have I got going? I got iOS. Mm-hmm. We have several things to talk about. I noticed you put some things in notes, and I want to talk about a, a funny confluence of what appears to be a confluence of interests. All right, hold on. I'm, uh, I'm adding. I'm adding this widget. Okay, so right. yeah. So photos. So, so you do photos. Can and I do, you do a real quick thing one. on iOS and uh, the Siri suggestions? That's a photo of me on there. I don't want to see that. Can you make it so you never see photos of yourself? Yes. How do I do? You that? go in and delete all the photos of oh, yourself. Okay, hang on, hang on, take a minute. Well, no, actually, it's funny you say that because I, uh, if you're weird enough to know about these widgets, if you're weird enough to install these widgets, um, then maybe you're weird enough to know that you can do stuff with the widget. And this gives me an opportunity. Can I just do a quick gloss on this and why I love it? Yeah, I just want to make this picture of myself go away. Okay, that's fine. You can do that. How do I do uh, it? I don't even need a reason. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, make it make press. it be a cute picture of one of my kids. I don't want to see myself. Well, I wanted I to see myself, photos, I'd buy a mirror. But, well, you know, I, I think there's a, I don't know. I, I, I can't look it up right this second. But one of the things I really love about widgets, you see this with widgets, especially by, I'm going to say Fantastical. Fantastical gives you so many options for what you want to see in a widget. So you get your three different sizes, but then you get so much variety to like what you want to see there. Like, do you want to make this a smart stack that shows you different things? Of course, you could use uh, uh, underscore David Smith's thing to see different widgets at different times of day. That's really helpful. Um, That's a little bit deep in the stack for my expertise, but um, generally it's looking for, it's giving you, in my case, I'll just say for me, it's giving me uh, either an, a moment, as they call it in photos, which is, um, you know, usually like some kind of a, a day, a time, a trip, something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You get stuff from on this day in a previous year, which I love. So like right now, there's lots of pictures of our baby dressed up like a lamb or a bunny because we're <laughs> like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then a lot of what you get are what, are the, what they, I think what they just call featured photos, which is just like, I'm pretty sure you're going to want this. Like I figured out this is your kid and here's some photos or... Again, sometimes it's Derek Trump. They can't all be winners. Um, but um, so like I say, I've got one, two, three, four, six rows, four across, six down, right? So two of those rows are taken up by the photo widget. Two of those rows are stuff like, you know, I have weird old habits that die hard. I still always leave settings the settings icon in the upper leftmost of whatever array of icons it's in. And something I first heard from Nevin Mergen that I, I still believe is that the camera icon must always go in the top right. 
because that's also where the lens is. That reminds you where the lens is. And then I've got messages. I've got some of my home assistant location stuff, et cetera. Now, what I love is that next row. Now, you'll notice just visually, do you notice that the labels for the apps in rows, what I'll call three and four, are white, appear to be white, like an FFF. And then you'll notice that the labels in the bottom two rows are like a gray, more like a CCC, correct? Yes. And I have a black background, so there's no visual distinction. Yeah, if you didn't have, have a black that. background, you have black, yeah. if you're a monster, I sent you if you have an actual different. photograph as your background, like a monster, mm. uh, you'd see something different. But that those last two rows are, I believe it's called series suggestions. And I think this is so interesting because in the great mixed bag of what we call Siri, and Siri, as we've stipulated before, means so many different things. It's very confusing. I mean, apart from a confusing from a brand standpoint, like if you had bad luck with Siri recognizing your voice years ago, mm. how excited are you to try things with the name Siri on it? But on the other hand, as you know, because I, I believe, aren't you a big dictator of uh, text? What did you call me? I'm sorry, an authoritarian. Uh, oh, yes, 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 I am. Absolutely. I love doing that. Yeah. That's my that's my whole Because you're reason. in your automobile a lot and you want to be able to talk. And then, of course, sometimes it screws up on a homonym. And then you say, oh, oopsie doopsie, that got transcribed wrong. I'm trying to think when I'm not in my automobile. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're one of those guys, you wear your Oakleys, make videos? Yeah. I just mm-hmm. ride around. I mean, that's what that's what I'm here for. Um, there's been a lot of interesting stuff over the last year about people who like have to take meetings in the car because, oh, you know, they one need... person watches the kids. And oh, I've done that. Goes... I've done that many times. Uh, and uh, it Have was... you really? Yes. Yeah. I just wow. actually did that earlier. Um, maybe was it? Last at the end of the week, last week, I'm sitting in my truck and I'm on it, and they're like, "Oh, and the person I talked to is in theirs too." <laughs> That's so funny. Do you run the air? No, no. It was a beautiful day. Did you have the windows open? Yeah. Okay. Um, mixed bag of Siri, and you know, it's, it's part of it is just frustrating. For I'm sorry, I realize I'm always bitching about stuff, but I, I wouldn't be bitching about it if I weren't very excited about its possibilities. So, you know, there's some stuff with Siri that can be very frustrating. God, someday I'm going to figure out what the hell is going on right now with shortcuts and my HomePod because I feel like I'm losing my mind and I know I'm not the only person. A bunch of my shortcuts for HomePod and Apple TV have just broken and I can't get it fixed. Mm. And I'm guessing maybe it's a beta I'm on, but Siri, I mean, it's, it's you know, uh, it's a real, uh, you know, best of times, worst of times situation. I mean, HomePod hears best of all the devices, in my opinion, sounds best mm-hmm. of all the devices I've tried. But, you know, Siri falls a little flat sometimes. But, um, but, but one of the, the promises of Siri that I think is one of the, I'm going to speculate, it's one of the lesser known interesting things about Siri are the things, God, I've got to break this out. This is like iTunes. It's becoming meaningless. Um, but one thing Siri is meant to do as they say in England, that's supposed to do, as we say in Seattle. What it's a, One thing that Siri can do, if you ever go into one of the worst screens on your phone, which is where it's like, okay, Siri can learn stuff about you. And you go into one of those classic iOS, like here's every app you have in a radio button. And it's like, oh God, is there any way to just like, if I want to deal with notifications, can I just... Can I be smarter? Can't you, you know how to group them already? Can't you do stuff like say, I don't want any messaging notifications for, no, you gotta get through the onesie twos, you go turn them on and off. Mm -hmm. You go on vacation or, you know, somewhere where you just can't deal with notifications, such a pain. 
But there's also this weird thing where you go in and you can say, like, I would like Calendar, the app, to learn from me, I, or from what I do. Like, I would like all, you know, every, I think pretty much every app can have the ability to, I'm going to use a phrase I don't really understand, use machine learning to understand what kind of stuff you like to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's a really cool idea. The, the one of those that I learned about early on, many or several OSs ago was, hey, you know what? Siri knows your calendar. And Siri knows when you have something that's a meeting. You know, like when you use Google Calendar for iOS, like it'll do stuff like add the right kind of banner. Have you ever seen this? Like you say lunch and it adds a, a graphic that's appropriate. You know what I mean? Like yes. it's smart enough to like. Right. Like it, it understands when, if you put yeah. in like something like a common term, like lunch with Dave, it's going to, it's going to use yeah. the little lunch thing. Yeah. We talked about that a long time ago. I think back yeah. when I was doing that weird Android experiment, they were doing it there and then it eventually found its way. Yes, over to yes. the iOS side too. And it's not even so much that I find that, I think it's clever. I don't find that particularly useful, but I think it's very stimulating to me in terms of like, again, like Fantastical. Like I know the basic domain of what you're doing with this app. Fantastical understands this, what, what seems like magic, what seemed like magic when it came out, which is you can just type in words and I know what you mean. So if I say, you know, lunch with Dan Benjamin on March 31st at noon. And then I do, then the other great trick is a slash and the first letter of the calendar you want it to be on. Fantastical knows what to do with that. And it'll even say, do you want to invite Dan to this? And I, yes, yes, please. And thank you. But you know, the idea behind this is like the, cl- the one I remember from a long time ago was your calendar is smart now. Like with Siri suggestions or Siri machine learning, it'll know to say to you, hey, it looks like you have a meeting in a few minutes. Do you want me to turn on do not disturb? Right? And mm-hmm. like I <laughs> I want that so much cuz I do sometimes even though I've got a checklist, I do sometimes still forget to turn on do not disturb. And I swear to god, as I sit here today, March 30th, year of our Lord 2021, <laughs> I would be surprised if I've ever gotten it more than 6 times over however at least 2 years that that's been available. And I don't know what jukebox to hit to like make it go always do that. Now Otter the very cool, you know, recording and transcription app, it always knows until I turned it off. Otter always says, hey, you have due by Friday coming up at 9.30 a.m. Pacific time. Do you want to record that? And I don't, but I appreciate the effort, right? Because it has access to my calendar. So, I mean, that's been a little bit of a mixed bag, but in terms of these series suggestions, yeah, and this has been available, I guess, as a widget in, I feel like, I'll, I'll just put it this way. Those bottom two rows are there for a reason. Because Siri or my phone or ML or whatever has gotten really good at knowing. I'm going to say in particular apps I tend to use at a certain time of day. Right? Yes. So a classic, I've been trying to go to bed earlier. I try to be in bed at 11 at the latest. And whenever I go into bed, cause you know, it's cause I'm weird. I, I put on my oximeter on my finger to make sure, you know, get a good reading. It's going to tell me things about Do my you sleep, sleep with as that thing on. <clears throat> huh? Do you sleep with that on? For a while, I mean, eventually kind of, you know, comes off, but, um, but it's also useful sidebar in the sidebar. I'm always looking for a way to do what I first heard called, um, oh God, what's it called? Biofeedback. Biofeedback is the thing I tried in college. I thought it was very silly. And then Mm -hmm. I realized it's the most logical thing in the world is just, you learn to stare at a light until you calm the F down. (laughs) And I use that as a kind of 
biofeedback. Yeah. So the, the blood oximeter on your finger, the, the two big data points that it grabs are obviously your pulse and your blood oxygenation, which is something we've all wanted to mostly know for the last year because that's a sign of, potentially a sign of COVID. But I don't know, it's just become a habit. And it's so funny. Um, was the COVID thing what inspired you to get one and start wearing it or was it? No, I was no. inspired by my shrink who said, if you want to learn more about your sleep, get this particular blood oximeter. It records a lot of like such detailed data. Like if you ever go into health and look at the data for a Massimo device, it's, I mean, you scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll. Um, and like, he's like, yeah, if you ever get that data and send it to me, um, there's ways you can run that through a, um, they have basically, there's, there's, there's web apps that can take that fairly raw, fairly dumb data and mm -hmm. then derive a lot of interesting stuff about, in this case, sleep. So I, I had it before, but yeah, then I started using it more, you know, in the last year. But the point being, when I go to bed, I get into bed, da -da -da, I'm ready to go to bed. Maybe I'm going to listen to like a relaxation thing or a podcast, you know, generally put on some headphones, but I slip that thing on my finger. I open up my phone and guess what? Um, the app for that, I think it's pronounced Massimo. Uh, it's always there in serious suggestions. It seems to realize that sometime in the evening, like I, I, I can, I can imagine the secret sauce. The most basic secret sauce is like, if you open Google Sheets every Monday between eight and ten, there's a pretty good chance we'll put that app, you know, icon there because that's a thing that you do. Like, you know, Monday morning is a big Google Sheets time for me because I'm looking at stuff like sponsors and mm -hmm. like reads I have to do, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. Yes. But it also can do stuff like, um, what's oh, like another one that would like really blew my mind. I can't prove this, but when we first started doing You Look Nice Today and started doing, again, and when we started doing it with video sometime in the spring, I noticed that Thursdays, well, at the time I was about to record You Look Nice Today, the app for uh, using my phone as a camera would always pop up. Like, it learned. It yeah, learned that yeah. I use this app, at, I think, at that certain time. So long story short, I would encourage people to at least give this a try if you've got the space. And now with App Library and, you know, Spotlight's come a long way, I just, I don't know. There's such, there's such a confluence of different things. We've talked about all of this, but like, I, as I've said before, I used to have more apps than would fit on 10 screens. Because in addition to not being a big folder boy, I tend to not clean up old apps because it's, historically been kind of a pain in the ass. So what did mm -hmm. Apple do? Apple did the most bonkers un-Apple thing in the world. And they said, hey, there's this thing called App Library. You know all those pages and pages and pages of apps that you've got? You want to get rid of those without doing anything? I'm like, yeah. Click, 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 all but one screen. Put it all in App Library. And then you can basically say from now on, when I get a new app, put it in App Library. Mm -hmm. If I want it out of App Library and on my screen, I can go into App Library, do a long press. And that goes back on your screen. Um, you know, not a great piece of UI. I don't think it's inherently obvious. It must be extremely confusing to people when that happens. But one consequence of that is that I now discover all... Yesterday, there was... Um, we were going to the pharmacy, and we passed by all these police cars. And, and my wife is like, oh, my God, what's going on? Go look at Citizen. And I'm like, oh, I don't like opening Citizen. <laughs> it's so gross. Citizen is an app in a couple, a few cities that... I think it's their data from 911. It's almost like <laughs> I know what you're uncut. talking about now. Huh? I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, it's almost like the uncut version of Nextdoor. Mm -hmm. Like if you're just super creepy and want to like know, you know, who, who's criming in your neighborhood, 
and, and in that instance, like I have, I have not used Citizen in so long that it wasn't on my phone. I had to re-download it. Well, that's telling to me. A couple of things I can tell you about apps. Like if you don't know, if you have absolutely no idea what the app is for when you're cleaning up, you can probably get rid of it. You can always get it again later. But like, you know, it's like like a wall ward or a power brick where you're like, what are you, the hoarder dad? Like you've got to have all of those even for like, oh, this scuzzy 50 cable could be handy someday. <laughs> yeah. You know, and with those apps, you, you can get rid of that. But in this instance, Apple did that for me in a very un-Apple way, which is like, we're just going to say like, wave your magic wand and all those apps go away. And I can't believe how few apps I now actually use. And if I need an app that's not on my home screen, I can always go to App Library. If I don't feel like sorting through app library or, you know, going through folders in app library, I can always just go to spotlight. Um, but you know, if y'all are interested in, in a potential change here, I would suggest trying that, um, dedicate a couple rows to series suggestions and it might, it might just surprise you, you know, but also, you know, the photos thing, that's the best. Uh, did you get rid of that photo of yourself, Dan? Yeah. I sent you a picture of what came up after I actually had, I did exactly what you said and I deleted the photo of myself and then it okay. went. And so apparently here's where it's drawing oh, from. Oh, look at her. Isn't she cute? <gasps> she's so, she's too cute. To be so cute. little. Look at that. So oh my <laughs> Thank you. God, she's so little. Look at that face. So apparently these photos Exclusive. come from the for you section. That's of it. Photos I said feature photos before. I think for you. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so when I go to for you, which is at the bottom of the uh, photos app. Mm -hmm. There's li library for you albums and search. And if you do for you, it shows you something that says recent highlights, which currently has a yeah. picture of me looking fantastic. And then featured yeah. photos underneath that, which is, I think the ones that it's going to be showing or drawing. From. Try Just try, try this really simple one. So on the widget w with your beautiful daughter, just, just click, don't do anything special. Just click. I did. And, and that, that takes, takes me right to, to now, now, and then swipe, swipe at the bottom all the way to the left. Oh, uh, okay. All right. I don't so want to see any left of these. To right, I guess. Why but anyway, now you me? can go through and there'll be like, what, probably six or eight photos? Yeah, here's a picture of Rail Dornfest from I love Rail Dornfest. I don't, but I don't want him it. on my widget. He used to work at uh, O'Reilly, right? Yeah. I mean, he's a cool dude, I but I don't want to look at him all day on my phone. Yeah, I got Ron Swanson here. Here's one <laughs> of my family in a mirror on my kid's birthday with pigtails. Um... Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, the, the funny part is like, as with some of this stuff, like there's so many things, whether that's going to be like messages, stickers, or like, there's all these kinds of things that like everybody gets excited about for, uh, <laughs> you know, a week. Um, and the, the problem is with the widget stuff, there's new widget stuff coming in all the time. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if y'all haven't done this, and I hope this doesn't sound condescending, but you don't probably care about this stuff as much as I do. Um, you can go, go, so swipe from, from your home screen, your launch dash or whatever. Right. Go over to your widget area and do a long press on anything and go to edit home screen and hit the plus in the upper left. And now you're going to see a bunch of widgets, including widgets that have recently been added for apps that you've probably not seen before. So, you know, I've got spot. It's suggesting to me, Spotify recently played home assistant, uh, scenes that I can set, uh, deliveries widget. Um, my inbox, my sleep report, uh, music is suggesting a station based on uh, music that I like. And then lots and lots and lots and lots more. And um, I mean, this is a little bit of a journey because, you know, if you go in there and you're like, I don't love what's in here, what I'm looking at. Well, it's probably because you haven't updated it in a while. And if you're like me, you do stuff like, I just want to see what all the calendar widgets look like. And it's like, well, 
that's not what I do. I don't tend to go there to find out what's next on my calendar. But, you know, another great one is, uh, is smart stack. Mm. Make a smart stack. You can make a smart stack out of anything. You can just make stacks out of anything. If so, if there's like, like four kinds of medium sized widgets you want up in that area where I have photos and I, forgive me if y'all know this, but like, I would say revisit this. You might be surprised what all is in there that takes that function and in a very Android like way, let's be honest, it takes that functionality that's buried deep in your apps and bubbles them right up to, you know, somewhere where you can do something about it. And, and a lot of it's pretty simple. Like when you go to a lot of these, it looks like it's going to be this real sexy thing when really all it kind of does is you know, open the app and start a new something. But with things like drafts, it's a way that you could very quickly, you know, um, add a draft. Like you can dictate a draft. You can do that on your watch. And that all, you know, kind of works together in a really, um, I don't know, in a really, in a really cool way, a really powerful way. But it's so easy to get lost in the weeds of this stuff and mm -hmm. to feel like, oh God, this is so overwhelming. But um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about where iOS is right now. You know, it's really it's, in the best I place it's that neat. it's been for a very, I think, for a very, very long time. I mean, we all remember the weird transition from, you know, the old It's got four styles, right? It's got four styles. <clears throat> yeah. And, and that was weird. And then it took, I feel like it took a couple versions to settle down and figure out what it was. Whereas it seems, and yeah. this, as an aside, this is something I was actually thinking about recently, is when iOS first came out, it felt fully formed it didn't feel yeah. like it was a beta it felt fully formed there was a visual language there was a user experience that was fully thought through that was consistent and that just worked in the same way that we used yeah, to multi, appreciate especially with multi-touch like yes. the first time steve like zooms in on something right like in that wonderful demo the classic you know are, are you getting this three devices when he like you know zooms in on the new york times the actual new york times page like, you know, that's such a powerful idea. Safari on iOS is just, it, it is an amazing browser. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, short of copy and paste, you know, which did come along eventually, mm -hmm. it, you know, it, it's amazing how there's so many miraculous things about the iPhone. I mean, how they got away with people not actually knowing what it would look like, how, how they got that carrier stuff with uh, Verizon, I guess, worked out. How they got all that stuff and brought this thing to market is like, is all pretty bananas. We've been watching, uh, in my case, rewatching, but my kid's enjoying Party Down, which is not appropriate for a kid. But um, it's Party Down is, uh, what, 2000? I think I think it's 2006 or seven. And of course, everybody has a flip phone. It's like, you can still, this is a very John Gruber sort of thing to say, but like you can really, you can really Pepsi challenge what you're seeing on screen um, by whether or not what everybody's using looks like an iPhone, even if it's not an iPhone. You know, because yeah. after 2008, especially after, say, 2009. Everything 10, became an iPhone at that point, or tried to well, be. Well, <laughs> yeah, but you use a feature phone as a way to, like, that's, like, for example, with the great Ron Swanson. Ron Swanson has a flip phone, because he doesn't want a phone at all, but he needs a phone because, you know, now he's got a family now, and he wears it on his belt, of course, and, you know, but, like, that's a, that's a bit that he doesn't, you know. And even, like, I think at one point Tom Haverford is mad because, uh, you know, he, 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 he judges his, uh, romantic partners by like how much they know, like about technology and phones and stuff. But, um, no, I agree with you. It came out, it came out, you know, quite a, quite a healthy baby. There's a lot of good stuff in there, but it's also like, it takes such a tremendous amount of focus. If you really kind of walk through what it takes to get from, you know, Steve Jobs ordering Starbucks 
at Moscone to now, you know, iOS has this, you know, machine learning and it's pretty smart and still tries its best to protect your privacy, et cetera. That takes a tremendous amount of focus and like the decision making about how do we optimize this system as well as make improvements that people would actually want. Right. Adding stuff like emoji that mm-hmm. make people really want to do the updates. People update. Yeah, the you know what? Faster You're, and faster I, I, now. Absolutely, and that's the whole thing of it's not just updating the emojis, but like I remember when over the last few years when the um, WWDCs would be a lot of this sort of inside jokes and like the stuff like that, but then they would add these features like the memojis and other things like that, and. And, you know, the ability to put the little heart or the thumbs up on a, a reply to a message that someone gave you. And, like, little things like that, you're like, man, it's kind of gimmicky. But it in the same way that, I like... I tap back all the time I now. do, too. I do, too. And, like, you also have to realize that in these very, very subtle ways, Apple is slowly changing how we communicate or how we use these devices or the, the different way. Because, like... If someone's like, okay, I'll see you at three, you can do a little thumbs up instead of having to type. And so that's kind mm-hmm. of cool. And I noticed that I have some other messaging apps that I use. I have some people who are like international who you, they only want to use WhatsApp or something like that, which I'm like, well, it's Facebook and they see everything, but fine. And you can't do that in that app, for example, I don't think. Um, so I, mm-hmm. I don't use it much. But, you know, so it's like that little thing. And I was talking to somebody recently who was on Android. And they're like, the biggest thing I miss from being in the iOS ecosystem is being able to just tap back to somebody a little quick response to something. And it's like, you don't realize how mm-hmm. much you take something like that for granted if you're if you're away from it or if you're forced oh, to my, my go kid is so it. fast with the ha-ha tap back. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's our primary way of communicating with me. Yeah, uh-huh. and but you know, then but then I have complaints about the tap backs because if you um if you have the tap backs, like your options are really really limited as to what they are. There's a heart, yes. a thumbs up, thumbs down, haha, exclamation point, and a question mark. And I'm like, you know, I, the thumbs up to me is very. There's something very bro about a thumbs up. And like, if somebody yeah, if yeah. somebody's like, I just got, I, I just take it to mean sounds good. Yeah, I think, but you have to, like, I'm like, app. couldn't Apple have just given us like a happy face and a frowny face it also, you know, like just well, a I little bit more? I think they want to keep that in one row that fits easily. And if they made that too configurable, it would get confusing. And then when you send it to people, it might not be what they expected. Like sometimes it's fun to visit Emojipedia and see what different, you know, um, emoji look like on different platforms because it's, it can be pretty wild. But but I do really admire that as much as I bitch about Apple stuff because it's what I use. I mean, I feel I feel somewhat, I mean, setting aside my somewhat veteran nature of using Apple products, I do feel like, you know, these are these are the tools. You know, it's but anyway, so the final the the final bitching here, and I'm I, I still am very optimistic. I'm optimistic about a lot of things. Um I'm optimistic I'm opt- I hope Apple's going to do some cool stuff with Macs. I think it seems like something like a no-brainer that they do an M1 iMac. Maybe that's just my wishful thinking. Mm-hmm. But you I know, think they had. But no, I, I, think I really, I want to see, I want to see more diligence and focus on the stuff that isn't there yet. You know, it's it's so still so odd to me the way all the shortcuts links broke. You know, um, I think it was last week or so. Like that's very concerning. Like why. So if you don't, all don't follow this inside baseball stuff, uh, I think what happened was for some reason, and it was not, I don't think it was ever said why, like, you know, so you can create a shortcut and then make a link to that shortcut. And it's an iCloud link that you can send to someone 
and you can share your shortcuts with people. Mm-hmm. And and all the links on shortcuts that were older than like a few days old broke. So people like Matthew Castanelli or like Federico Vitici or whomever, people who have like these giant collections of shortcuts, you know, including people who like sort of sell the shortcuts or make it a, a premium for their members or whatever, like they all just broke. It was, you know, really upsetting. And like, I, like I say, I'm going through a thing right now. I have not vetted this with a ton of people, but I, I've talked to my friend Alex about it because we're both butt deep in shortcuts and HomePod and lots of stuff. And at some point in the last couple of weeks, some of my shortcuts that I use a lot at home just died. There's one I swiped from this, uh, I, I don't know the site, but I adapted to my own, which was like, hey, Dingus, watch live TV. I, I had no idea you could do this. So you say, hey, Dingus, li- watch live TV. And uh, the HomePod in your room hears that. And in my case, it's got, I think, three steps. It turns on mm-hmm. Apple TV, mm-hmm. uh, which, because of CEC or whatever, turns on my TV TV. Um, it opens Hulu, because that's where I watch live TV. Mm-hmm. And it turns my iPhone into a remote. So, like, when I'm walking in the room and just, like, moseying around, I can just yell that into the air while I'm still, like, you know, getting settled, grab my phone... You know, I, it could be better, but that's still a long way. I've got one that's, well, I got one for Plex, does the same thing for opening Plex. I got another one for opening Spotify because, you know, what's the dream? It's like the John Syracuse standard title, which is, um, <laughs> which is how long does it take for me to go from TV is off, nothing is happening to me watching the show that I want to watch? Right. Real basic, like the kind of thing where like in 1977, you know, that was two seconds. And now today, it's like you got to navigate to an app and you got to get in there, you know? Mm-hmm. Two, two, so two nights ago, there's a movie I love called Spy by my, my dear friend, friend of the show, Paul Feig, who's a genius. And uh, I want to watch Spy again. And so I watched Spy all the way through. It's a great movie. Really highly recommend it. Melissa McCarthy, Rose Byrne, great cast. I watched Spy all the way through. Last night, I said to my family, look, I, you know, you guys avoid watching this, but I really feel like you would love Spy. And I, I, I tried all of the ways. I like, I understand now. I'd watched it all the way through the night before. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, this is going to be a fun thing, mm-hmm. you know, while we're eating chicken is we'll, we'll watch some Spy. And we'd already watched One Party Down. I th- said so like, now let's move, settle into a, to a feature. And I brought, I, so the first thing I did was went to Apple TV, the app on Apple TV mm-hmm. for watching Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Because of course I'd recently watched it. So it's sitting down in the tray I pop it up, gray screen, nothing happening. Mm-hmm. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, whatever. You know, um, double click on the TV, quit the app, go back to home. I use Siri and I say, hey, Siri, spy. And that brings it up in that sort of interstitial card where if you own it, you can watch it. If you don't own it, you can buy it. And if you're a cheapskate, you can watch it on usually stars, which for some reason it thinks I have all <laughs> the time. Now this time I, I got progress. I got a gray screen and... Uh, the classic gray spinner. Nothing happening. Mm. And I kept at this for a few minutes. And then my family, of course, as one says, your demos are the worst. Because my demos are the worst. Anytime I try to show my family anything cool, it always breaks. So you know what I did? I picked up the remote for my LG TV. And I went to the provided Apple TV app and we watched it there. Mm. Like, that's uh, that stuff like that is concerning. Links breaking. Mm-hmm. Shortcuts not working. <clears throat> and just to be clear, for any of you out there who are like deep deep in the in the weeds on this, just just to cover my ass, yeah, you know what? I reconfigured it because you're, when you when you have a shortcut that works with 
In this case, it's complicated because it has you have to be on the same network, which sometimes era I guess makes confusing, even though there's like there's the two bands or whatever. But whatever, I'm on the same network. I'm in the room. The HomePod, the Apple TV, it's all in the room. Now to be double, I I know this trick, which is if you're having trouble, go in and reconfigure it. And so when you reconfigure that shortcut, you say which Apple TV do you want to turn on? No problem. I say Lounge Apple TV. You say okay, which app do you want it to open? on Launch TV. I want it to open um, Hulu or whatever, right? I did all of that and it still says I can't do this on HomePod. Another one of mine, I have a great shortcut. It's the dumbest shortcut in the world, but I love it. It's I say, hey, Dingus, charge my watch. And that just means <laughs> remind me in an hour to pick up my watch because it's probably done charging, right? Mm-hmm. Really straightforward. It's the arguably one of the most, like next to like emulating HomeKit. It's got to be one of the easiest shortcuts in the world, which is just in one hour, throw up the following message, you know, uh, a- Apple Watch emoji, and your watch is charged. And so I say that, I go up to my HomePod Mini, and I say, hey, Dingus, charge my watch. And it says, I don't have a battery here. And I'm like, well, you used to work, dude. This mm-hmm. all used to work. I'm sorry. Now, See, now it's gone too far, Dan. It's not too far. <laughs> We've cro- crossed the 37-minute mark, and I'm still bitching. Mm. But I have hope for this. Yeah. There are glimmers of hope. Discontinuing the over-engineered HomePod, RIP to a real one. I love that HomePod. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess that's kind of promising. Maybe some more wood is going to go behind the arrow for HomePod Mini, which is a great sounding little speaker, great functionality. That little jittery thing, when you hold your phone up, your phone's playing something, you hold it up. Next, it starts jittering to say like, okay, I can throw to this. Do you want me to throw to this? Yes, please throw to this. That works great. Mm -hmm. Um... You know, I have, I have shortcuts that do things like say, because you can't do speaker groups like you can on the Amazon product, I've created shortcuts that say, play in West. And when I do that, it's supposed to throw to all of my home pods in the West part of the house. And sometimes it works. But, you know, they don't make a router anymore, which is, I wish they would. I, like Syracuse, it's like, that seems like such a no brainer. I've thought for years, why don't you put HomeKit in a router? It just, like, I can do HomeKit with my Eero, yeah. which is cool. I do Eero with my Home Assistant, but that seems like such, like, maybe I'm just dumb, but why would Apple not make something that's, this is probably too much, but some combination of any of these, a router, a very safe router, and I think we're going to talk about Wi-Fi in a minute, I have a feeling. <laughs> a, a really cool a really cool router that does Apple stuff right out of the box really easily. Alongside HomeKit, like you get on Apple TV or iPad. Or in my case, I can actually do, I think, through my LG TV. I know, I know it will do HomeKit things, but I, I don't know if it can act as a base. But. Mm-hmm. And also, um, what was the other one? Uh, I don't know if that should have a speaker in it. Probably not, because some people want to put it somewhere. But any of those, any combinations of those things would be really great. And I hope, I really hope that they do that because, you know, as if the last year hasn't shown this to us enough, home is where it's at, man. Yeah, I mean, it really whatever is. that and version it, of home is, like people it's gonna want stay to that be way. able. It's going to stay that way. Well, and, and like something Alex and I are exploring right now on Dubai Friday, I think much to our listeners' chagrin, is talking more about stuff like what she they call um, ambient computing. Mm. Or like this is kind of, what I'm interested in with Home Assistant is this environmental background computing. Where like once I can expose all the things that my devices know about each other and let them talk to each other, 
there's such miraculous stuff that happens without ever using anything like a computer. You use a computer, or in my case, my NAS, to configure that. Mm -hmm. But then it just does stuff. It knows that when I arrive home, 10 minutes after I arrive home, start doing these kinds of things. You know, um, it, it, but like, you know, making those connections that you otherwise cannot make with the blunt instrument of the home app. Like, I wish Apple, even if Apple doesn't turn that into, you know, some kind of an open source project with flags and attributes, there's still so much to be gained by making the way that your home works together, however you think of your home, having that work to, together in a way that's secure and you know, forward-looking is, God, that's good for everybody. Mm -hmm. So I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. I, I think they got it in them. But I guess what I'm trying to get at is the same kind of focus that goes into making iOS this good. I wish that like a tenth of that energy would go into Apple TV, HomePod, you know, technology stuff, eventually maybe something like a router, who knows. But that's Do you really think that. that Apple's going to want to get back into that business? I mean, the airport I, I, is I, what I started don't know, the whole thing. I don't know, but they need to either defecate or get off the pot because- you know, it's, you say what you will about, you know, Google and Amazon, but they are, um, again, to paraphrase John Syracuse, they are omnivorous. Like Google is, Google Assistant and Google Home Hub, Google Disk Dingus, it's all great at just knowing like what it can do for you. When I first set up uh, a home, home Assistant install it, and you log in and you get it running, you bring it up, it says, hey, guess what? I just discovered a bunch of stuff. You've got Hue Lights. And you live in this area and DLAD, do you want me to do all of these integrations for you? It's like, of course I want you to do those integrations. It's cool that HomeKit says, do you want to have the lights turn off when everybody leaves the house? That's a start. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they want, I feel like they want to make, it comes down to, or the gating factor in some ways, I suspect, is they want an interface that's not going to overwhelm people, which I get. But as I've said before, you open up something like Home Plus. Home Plus is where I just make a bunch of my automations that end up in... HomeKit now. It's because that's where I can do it. Because it, uh, it understands how those things can communicate with each other. I don't know if they want to get back into it, but like if they don't get back into that, to, to spend, now I'm going to be that guy for a second, to spend any amount of energy on something related to cars seems very strange to me, given that their installed base could really benefit from some hardware in particular that lets you have more control about the way your environment works. And, you know, and, and HomeKit has come a long way. You got secure video now, facial recognition, depending on that. But even that's a really mixed bag. You know, so there's stuff that just is, it's, it's, it's frustrating. Like I, I buy products by places like Eve, Elgato Eve or Logitech. You know, my Logitech camera does not have, does not have any configuration abilities apart from HomeKit. Hmm. There is no app for the Logitech's view camera. Right. Do, do you follow? Mm -hmm. So like my Arlo cameras, I can configure that even down to scanning the home the um, HomeKit code. I can, I can do that in the Home app or I can do that in the Arlo app. It's true for almost every app. But there are some products that are made for HomeKit where you can't, you have no other interface to it apart from HomeKit. And if you're going to do stuff like that or allow stuff like that, that's why I say poop or get off the pot. It's like, I don't want to be spending hundreds of dollars on this stuff that only sits in this, this app that nobody seems all that interested in or this um, service. And isn't it all about services, Dan? It is. I mean, that's the future. Services are the future. 
Yeah, I mean, how crazy is it? Like you go to get, buy or go to watch something on Apple TV, and it says, "Oh, it's available on Amazon Prime." Tiny text. Mm -hmm. You get to Amazon Prime, and it says, "Oh yeah, you have to subscribe to HBO oh, to watch that." I hate that. Like, well, can I flip that bit? Like, I don't, I don't need that. And why do you think I want stars? Why do you think I? Why? Why does everything default to stars? Like, whose kitten did I put in a tree that it now thinks I want to watch everything on stars? I ugh, delete the apps and do whatever. Like, ugh. anyways. It's a great time to be alive, you know, and, and I'm eligible for a vaccine in a few days, which is good. Yeah, I'm eligible right now, but you can't, still can't get it anymore. Yeah. I was yeah. El eligible. Everyone yeah, in, in Texas was eligible yesterday. and so, Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, so like I talked to a, a couple- Abba, Abba couldn't stop it, huh? Nope, and nope, he hmm. couldn't. Uh, and I talked to a couple that friends- That guy's quite a ball player. And they're, they're saying, they're like, oh, I'm driving to Corpus Christi on Friday to go get it. Another person says, oh, I have to drive to San Antonio to go get one. So it's- like, and just for people who don't live in Texas, Corpus Christi is like four really hours away. South, right? Yeah. And like, you know, San Antonio is an hour and a half. And it's, it seems so stupid and wrong that for people to get it, that they have to drive hours to go and get a vaccine. And they've got to go again right. in however many weeks to the same place. Uh, some places have, some again. places will suddenly have all this vaccine that's not used that they got to use and other places aren't getting it. I mean, my lady and I were talking about the uh, Derek Chauvin trial yesterday. And, like, uh, you know, again, if there's anything we've learned in the last year, this country's too damn big. This country's always been too damn big. There's no inferences to be drawn about the United States because there's always something that's the opposite of that somewhere else. So people use that cynically to say, well, you know, stuff like, oh, it's, it's snowing in New York. What's global warming? And it's like, well, yeah, but that's not really how that works. This is a big country and there's evidence everywhere that climate change is wrecking the country but it's true for all this stuff that's true with vaccines like michigan right now is blowing up miami beach i think is getting a little better florida mm -hmm. but florida's still yeah gonna be in a pretty bad place but with the vaccine stuff like it's not going to certain neighborhoods this, the country's too big the states are too big even the cities are too big it's a coastline of scotland problem and we when we try to say anything about anything it becomes meaningless very quickly but you're right. It's it's absolutely bananas, the uneven distribution. I think they're doing the best they can, but it is kind of crazy. My wife has had both. She's done. John's mom, I just found out, is 10 days in. She's 10 days into mm. her. She passed her second one. Good, good, good. Yep. Um, and I am I am hopeful. But I, you know, even I was quizzing my wife about it. She's like, well, you know, with our insurance, you could just go to UC. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to hop the line or anything. A lot of people are doing that. And it's gross. And she's like, eh, you hop in the line. I was like, but like, where do I go? I filled out every form. I've done the NBC plan my vaccine. I've done the California thing twice, the my turn thing. I've done that. Everywhere mm -hmm. I go, I fill out a form. I put in a ton of information and then nothing happens. It's like, don't I have to register to get this? And she's like, no, you just go to CVS. I'm like, really? You just like roll into CVS? And she's like, yeah, if they have it. Right. That's what I've heard too. And uh, it's one of my friends who is very, very diligent about wanting to get it. And um, there's, you know, there's, you, there's here we have like the regular Austin, Texas signup thing, but then UT Health, uh, University mm -hmm. of Texas Health also has yeah, its yeah. own thing. And then it's just like you're saying, like a buddy of mine's like, I got mine today. I'm like, oh yeah, how'd you do it? He's like, oh, I just, you know, I went and stood outside the CVS for a couple hours tonight and they had an extra one. I got it. I'm like, you know, like I, yeah. I appreciate, I appreciate. That's, that's that's no way to run a run a railroad. No, it's like, I get the desire There's other people who it, are like, oh but... yeah, I'm a waiter and a firefighter. So give it to me. Ha ha ha. You hear a lot of like people who are like, uh, I imagine the youths who can't wait to get out there and enjoy their mojitos again. Mm -hmm. um, but you just hear all these people who are like just <laughs> lying. 
It's the equivalent of like Donald Trump's bone spurs. Like you just go and find somebody who will sign off on some BS and then like you get to jump the line. It's really gross. You know, and I don't want to jump the line. I would, I'm, I'm okay if, if I just wait, but it's like also in reminiscent of the same way that, um, that they handled the snow apocalypse here. In other words, they said nothing and told us nothing. Like it yeah. doesn't, they don't, they don't give you any feedback. Like there's a place to go and sign up and that's it. And you sign up and it's not like they say, we anticipate that you'll be able to be seen in a day, a month, a year, nothing. There's zero feedback. You don't even get anything other than a confirmation that you've made an account and that's it. And there's no updates. I know. There's I know. no bulletins. I, I, I didn't even get, I filled out that's called my turn is the California version of this. And I filled it out three times now. And I don't think I've even gotten an email. I mean, it's not like I love getting email, but mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't think I've gotten even a, an acknowledgement right. about what to do next. Right. Or let alone that like, so I mean, what are, through. what are you going to do? Like, how is it working there in California? Uh, the way I understand, if I understand correctly, and I probably don't, but like on April 1st, in a couple of days, um, people in my age group are eligible to get the vaccine. Um, and I, I, you know, I guess, I, I mean, of course it's free for everybody. They want to underscore that, but like, right. yeah, I mean, I mean, like I noticed, I went and looked at the map. They have a pretty good map where you can go and see where places in your area are doing vaccines. And it's like, yeah, our Walgreens does it. Our CVS does it. But then Walgreens, of course, or any of these, they'll say like, you have to come in, you have to show your card, you have to show that you're eligible, you know, and it's, it's first come first served and I don't know. I'm just, I, I get bogged down and stuff like this. This is one way in which I am like John Roderick, where like when it comes to all this medical, you know, um, these medical mazes, I tend to get, I tend to go kind of dark to it. But no, according to, to, to my lady friend, that's, um, you know, that's something I'll be able to do soon. And I think I might be able to do it through our healthcare provider. Um, and um, yeah, so she got it. She got her second one. She felt pretty under the weather for one day. Mm-hmm. But after her, after her first or her second one, the second one. Yeah. 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 Some people get real bad. I think Stuart Wellington from the flop house had a pretty bad, I, um, you know, and not to be an hero here, but like, yeah, I mean, it's kind of that I, for me, but really it's just like, it's, this is your duty. I mean, this is like people signing up, joining the army on December 8th, you know, 1941. I just feel like this is something we all have to do. So, and, and like wearing a mask, whether or not you think the mask is useful or Mr. Trump likes it or not, like you, if you want to call that virtue signaling, that's fine. But every time you see somebody who's wearing a mask rather than not wearing a mask, that sends the signal that this should be okay if more people do that. And as fewer people do that, woof. I got worries. I'm going to um, put something in notes, um, which is, um, you know, I like podcasts. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my podcasts, one of my Saturday podcasts is um, Slate Money, uh, which is a very good show. Felix Salmon and Emily Peck. Their episode from this week was really good and I recommend it. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I learned a lot. Uh, so basically, um, you know, Slate shows, they do, you know, they basically do um, three topics, uh, all the Slate, all the great Slates. They do th- three topics, recommendations and an after show. But um, their guest was Max Cho, a product manager at Google. And uh, he's a real smart guy. But they ended up talking about their three topics were the cargo ship, um, but not just the ha-ha meme stuff, but more like, wow, the state of the global shipping and just the, 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 the move to just in time over the years, while great in some ways, mm-hmm. 
is can be kind of terrible too. But like, there's the cargo ship stuff and supply chains and basically a connection. I have you heard the connection between chip, basically between chip shortages and Ethereum? No. Mining? Oh, is it's not because of the energy usage thing, is it? Well, first of all, this guy makes a great distinction that I was happy to learn. Uh, I felt smart to learn, which is that the reason. So, so there's two big chip stories at least. There's the fabbing that goes on you know, of the crazy, like tiny nanometer ones. That's dip. So the, the problem of not getting enough chips to do X, Y, Z with a computer is different from the problem of not getting enough chips for cars. So there's the one story about how cars, new automobiles, they're cutting um, production right now because there's so few of these like $2 commodity chips. That's one story. The different story is that when the pandemic went down, a lot of companies cut orders, which caused the, the fancy chip makers to do other things. If I heard this correctly, so there's apparently something involving, I guess, video cards in particular that, that are especially good for mining Ethereum. And, and so it's one of those turns, great turns out stories, which is like, as long as Ethereum value stays up, there's probably going to be a chip shortage because they had to find a way to use their capacity to make some chips. And the chips they went, they went from making these kinds of fancy chips for computer things to these kinds of, or, you know, more what we typically think of as computer things, to making these kinds of chips for people who are mining Ethereum. And that's what's causing that. So and it is strange. like weirdly related to the boat stuck in the Suez Canal. Right. That like our ability to <laughs> like, a, like, like the <laughs> metaphorical ship that turns very slowly. Right. Like we can't just suddenly change the supply chain so quickly. And as the balance of trade changes, it used to be there was something closer to parity with China two years ago. Mm -hmm. And the last year, it's been mostly one way. You know, like they need something to put on those ships to go back. Anyway, I, I found it very interesting. So they talked about, uh, they talked about the cargo ship. They talked about um, what's going on at Medium. And they talked about um, what a post-pandemic return to the office will look like, which, as you know, I'm... I you can't wait for. I mean, you're, you can't wait to get back in the office, you know. Yeah, I was saying my lady friend, who's like more of a normal person than me, it, and is like, yeah, well, you know, you got to get back to the office. I'm like, oh yeah, you looking forward to that? You looking forward to that forty minute commute to get no back one to is. the office? No one is. So you can wear a mask all day at the office. Oh, by the way, those 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 meetings that suck that you currently get to do in your jammy jams, you looking forward to sitting in a room with other people wearing a mask? Yikes. You know, I, I was just reading an article that was talking, you know, I'll put it, hold on, let me put the, I actually was up on the screen and put it in the show notes. It's on npr.org, our news article, and it's called, uh, Should Masking Last Beyond the Pandemic Because Flu and Colds Are Down? Yep. And, right. you know, when, a little question for you and for our audience, do you know mm -hmm. anyone that's had the flu this year? Anyone? Anyone. I don't. Personally, I don't think so. No, I don't either. I'm not saying that there are, that no one has Anecdotally, it. Anecdotally, I feel like, at least in my family, there's even like, not only less flu, but fewer like even sniffles and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And yeah. you know, that's a little bit unfair because even if we weren't wearing masks, just the fact that we don't leave the house as much factors into that. But yeah, we're touching fewer weird doorknobs. We're mm -hmm. licking fewer toads, you know? What do you think? 
I it seems real. It seems real to me. I, I don't see why we why we wouldn't. Well, I here's mean, here's what I think is that part of this that you know it, I always you know what they what they call me they call me the the silver linings guy. I mean that's what I'm known the, for. All the silver linings guy. Yeah. Okay. So the silver lining here for me <laughs> is I've always wanted to do what some of the Asian countries do, and that is when people are sick, encourage them to wear a mask. And if you're worried about getting sick, wear a mask. And if you just put on a mask prior to COVID, if you just put that on and walked around, you people would think you were a complete freak. And uh, in, my, in my neighborhood, which is largely a neighborhood of Chinese people, it's mm-hmm. totally like, a, it's always been a totally normal thing mm. that when you think you're sick or are getting sick, you wear a mask, not to protect yourself, but to protect others. Because mm-hmm. that's that's a thing that people do in Asia that's yeah. considered very weird here. And I, I'm, my hope is that if, if, we ha- if we carry one thing beyond uh, COVID, out of it. My hope is that that one alteration of our social behavior sticks. It would be really, really great. I reluctantly agree. I I don't want to have to wear it all the time. No, I don't either. Going out to eat right now just does not appeal to me. The idea of like in a million ways, I picked up some takeout yesterday and it's Mm -hmm. like this whole family sitting around tables. The phrase I've come up with uh, on Dubai Friday, we call it cravatting. When you wear your mask around your neck, you know, like yes. a cravat yes. um, or under the nose, you know, and it's like, oh God, this is not going to end well. I, I totally agree with you, Dan. I just don't want to have to wear it all the time. No, and I don't, I don't want to wear it either, but I would love it. I would love it to know because here's the thing. Here's the, here is the reality. Here is the reality that no one wants to talk about. The reality is most of the people listening to this show, including me and in probably including you have had a cold and have said, well, you know, I've got to go to the grocery store. Like I'm not, I've got to go. And so you go. And is are you spreading it around? Yeah, you are a little bit. Uh, oh, yeah. Maybe less with yeah. the flu going out, but still people do it. Oh, I feel a little bit better today. I, I do have to do that thing. I've got to go. So you know what? I'm, I'm just going to go and hopefully I won't make too many people sick. I'll just try to do it quick. And yeah, you're spreading it around. And you know what? You did touch your nose and then you did touch the doorknob and then that kid did touch <laughs> it and then they got sick and then their parents got sick and then the rest of their class got sick. And then, you know, that happens. Yeah. That's real. That's, and that's, that's normal. how disease works. Unfortunately. Yeah. And, and so wearing yeah. a mask and being be having it be socially acceptable and not weird for you to put a mask on when you're sick. That's a really good thing. And I hope that's the one thing that is a takeaway from COVID. I don't think so, because I think people are going to be so happy to not wear masks, especially people not like you and me who are like, well, we're at home or we're in our little It's going to be like Rome Springer. Like people yeah. are just going to be so freaking weird. They're just yeah. going to be rock. It's going to be rock out with your cock out all over the yeah. USA. Oh, yeah. People are going to, are, are already like, there's already so much activity at bars. D- Dan, I'm going to remind you, I'm going to re, I'm going to reoffer a confession uh, that I'm not proud of, but uh, I mean, have, have, well, let me cushion the blow a little bit. Have you ever worked in places, offices where like, I mean, I think in a responsible team environment, you are not allowed to come to work if you're sick because right. the adult thing in my mind would be to say like, look, if you're sick, don't come to work. Like, I don't, if you make other people sick, like that's, that's super bad. You mm-hmm. know, like uh, my, my good friend Sanjay Gupta says, if you have to choose between one that kills more people or spreads more easily, the worst one turns out is the one that spreads more easily because then more people will die no matter what, because right. more cases equals more death, Yeah, which is a good turns out. But like, you know, I used to work in a place at my job with uh, Dave, the marketing guy, oh, yeah. where it was a point of pride. It was a very male office. 
very you know to like push, push through being sick Florida. like that like there's, there's like no one no you you still come to work even if you're sick that kind of thing um i mean i don't think that would be a well let's put it this way for the folks so so like you know it was a very um it was a very stratified environment there was there was the the owner guy and his retinue then there were the toxicologists there were the phds that were basically it came down to how much you earned the company per hour let's put it that way all the PhDs brought the company $300 per hour. People at my kind of second level down brought the company $50 an hour. And then there was the administrative staff who, when they did billable work, brought in $25 an hour. That's just the most blunt way to look at it. And so if you're one of these freaking toxicology PhDs and like you're the big gun and you got your pleated pants and listen to your Rush Limbaugh, you know, it's a real macho thing to come in to work while you're sick. That I mean, that sounds nuts now, but that yeah. used to be a thing. Mm-hmm. And of course, because I wanted to be I wanted to express my toughness. I would come in sick. Anybody, everybody came in sick. Like you just, you just did it. And I, di- I didn't know it was chicken pox until I went to the doctor. Oh man. I'd never had it as a kid. I did get, and the thing is chicken pox doesn't start with scabby face. Like you just feel sick. Right. And then it turns into scabby face. I totes had chicken pox and came into the office and I, if memory serves, I, I think I went home when we knew it was official chicken pox, but mm-hmm. I, I totally gave it to another guy at work. And I, here's the thing. I, I, I learned this about chicken pox. It did not loom large in my life, but I was around 25 and I gave it to a guy who was like 38. Ooh, and chicken pox. Apparently it's very it, bad when you're it, uh, all The older up. you get, Especially, well, I don't say especially. What I, my understanding of this is, especially for a man, uh, it, it can do stuff to your body as you get older. It can hurt your fertility and stuff like that. And oh. I believe that the symptoms get worse, I think, as people get older. But I totally mm. gave it to one of those $300 an hour studs. Now, the, the, the fun, uh, the, the denouement is um, he kept coming to work too <laughs> with scabby face. Mm. Because well, now I mean, you know he's he's the real um, you know he's he's like, he's lashed himself to the mast. <laughs> or to the Isn't whale. That, I agree with you, Dan. I totally can. Can I use this as a pivot to something I put in notes that that you unintentionally just went straight up both of our alleys? Well, yeah, I have three things that I I need your and the audience's help with, and I I refuse to end the show until we've addressed them. I got nowhere to be. Oh my god, it's an hour. I got nowhere to be. Yeah, we're past um, an hour already. Uh, click on that top link. Okay. Please. Well, no, no, I'm, I'm opening you gotta, Safari. You click I'm clicking. On it three times and then go back and then you're going to mm. want to check the stove and then click on that three more times. This is a, um, this is uh, received <laughs> a lot of coverage in the uh, political Twitter community. I thought this was such a, such a good article on Which link levels. am I clicking on? Which one? Top one. The it's top one. how COVID-19 oh. affected people with OCD and anxiety. <sighs> This is getting a lot of a lot of good traction. Um, this is a woman called Elaine Godfrey. Uh, headline: Returning to normal means recalibrating my brain. Mm. Deck. The pandemic's retreat doesn't necessarily mean life will get easier for people with OCD. And I thought this was such a good article. Great lead. Brushing my teeth is a struggle. I brush so hard and for so long that sometimes my gums bleed. I can't spit until I've touched each tooth carefully with the tip of my tongue. I open and close the medicine cabinet repeatedly, pressing my palm out of the pointy corner of the mirror. This is good writing. Mm-hmm. Until it feels like enough. I can't leave the bathroom until I flip the light switch on and off a dozen times. Some nights the routine takes 30 minutes. Some nights I lean over the sink and cry. Um, and I just thought this was, um, this is one of a couple OCD 
related things I've come across in the past week that uh, I think are very much worth sharing. Um, she's just talking here about like, it's not just people who have like, like a fear of disease, Mm -hmm. you know, and for, again, for people like me, the anxiety does figure into it. Although I don't have a core, as far as I know, I don't have according to Hoyle OCD, but that, that anxiety boy, it's, it's been a tough time and guess what? It may get a lot tougher right now, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, let's see for some people with contamination OCD, the pandemic has complicated their fears about germs and viruses. This is a mer- uh, talking here about a nurse who had mild contamination OCD. When the world grew fixated on a highly contagious virus, her compulsions became almost debilitating. She now wipes down her grocery cart for 10 to 15 minutes before shopping, mm. scrubs her hands with sanitizer after touching anything in a public space. Oh, this is so sad. At Walmart recently, her two-year-old son touched something in the bathroom and then immediately grabbed her hand. Picturing the germs spreading from his body to hers sent her into a panic attack. She sat in a back hallway of the store, shaking and crying for nearly an hour. I don't know. I, I thought this I have was very to, I well done. I have to done. respond to that, Merlin, before you, before you um, do that. I just want to no, inter- no, no. interject. You know, I have had contamination OCD most of my, from teenage, well, late teens, college time onward. Is that when you realize it or when you think you started it? Both. Both. Um, And this is the very weird thing for me is COVID, you would, you would think, you would think that Mm -hmm. COVID would have made as, as we had like during the swine flu time or the other bad flu times where I was very paranoid about everything. Um, And I'll explain why I think it's different. Mm -hmm. During COVID, I have relaxed significantly about all of that. And I have worried significantly less about getting sick than I ever have. That is not to say that I brazenly walk maskless and touch everything and whatever. No, I'm following the rules, but I have become much, much less worried about it. Uh, And the reason is finally other people take it seriously. For the first time in my 48 years, other people finally (laughs) give a damn about Washing their hands and not coughing Uh and not being sick and not all of this other crap. So finally, I would say people are like 50%, like the most retentive people who are like wearing gloves and wearing three masks and washing their hands and everything, throwing out the glove if they touch a doorknob. Hello, welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Join me here. I, I, I can't tell if you're messing with me. I am not messing article. with you. And I have, have not read, read this, so I have th- not read the article. Um, uh, um, she says later down, this is in like the fourth to the last paragraph, people like me, God damn, this is so good. People like me who don't have compulsions related to health have been more likely to report exacerbated OCD symptoms, at least right. according to preliminary research. Right. This could be because people with contamination OCD actually found a strange relief yes. in the pandemic. They were exceptionally well prepared to live through, quoting, my therapist said, you've been prepping for this your whole life. Right. No, that's true. It's exactly right. That's how I feel. It's like, and finally, so it's like for me to put yeah. on a couple masks and do the thing. Like, yeah, of course you're all, oh, you want to, now you want hand, now you want hand sanitizer. Come, 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 come over to my truck because I got four bottles in there. And you, you know what? Like I had four bottles right? before like the pandemic. Cooler. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Like, like I've, yeah. my behavior, the only thing different is now I get to wear a mask and not be a weirdo about it. I never could wear one because I what was- What was the swine flu thing you wanted to say? Oh, well, when, when we, when swine flu was going, I was like, 
the way that you're this person in the article was describing like washing their hands and like really, really worried about getting it. Cause I had a friend who got it, who like got really, really sick and no one was taking it seriously. And it's like, finally, all y'all are taking this stuff seriously. Good. I feel at ease now. Anyway. So that, that was my, that was what I wanted to share about that is that it's actually my OCD has gotten better during the, you know, people who have never had OCD have it. And mine is actually improved because they have it because other people now have contamination OCD. My OCD is improving. I've never felt less OCD in my life. Not, not, not even kidding. I, I, I it's feel the like best it's, it's been, ever been. That's so fascinating. And I, but I feel like for me, <clears throat> as somebody who's anxious, <clears throat> excuse me, it's been a pretty mixed bag um, in some ways, because obviously there's a lot more to be anxious about. There's a, well, anxiety in some ways comes out of uncertainty, right? Anxiety comes out of, and again, we should just for the new listeners. Uh, hello, uh, I, I I don't know if this is a clinical definition, but I make a distinction between fear and anxiety. Yes, fear is when you feel a. Most people would acknowledge a, a very um, understandable need to avoid an imminent danger or something that's even not something that's happening, but something that's likely to happen, like a tiger running at you. In the classic example, is a great cause for fear, and I guess you could say anxiety. But even the idea that there could be a tiger there could be a cause for anxiety. The trouble is people who have anxiety, and this is very difficult for folks who don't have anxiety, anxiety and procrastination, two things that people who don't have it just utterly don't understand, which is fine. But like anxiety is a kind of a desperate, a desperate feeling in search of a cause. You know, a lot of times um, people, including teenagers, have Mm -hmm. extremely strong feelings. Mm -hmm. And that strong feeling needs to have a rational basis. So sometimes you have your kid get sad and cry because they said, I've never liked pasta. Now, even though you know that that's not true, what you know is that there's a strong feeling that's in search of, of a rationality. Right. And for people with anxiety, when you say, when somebody, you know, you're talking to somebody whom you love, and again, I've gone through this with my wife and she gets it now. Somebody, you say like, oh man, I couldn't sleep last night. I was really anxious. Now, what is the person who loves you? What, what do they say? They say, what are you anxious about? And you're like, you know, you still don't get this. Mm-hmm. It, uh, I'm, what I'm anxious about is potentially everything. Right. It, what it, what it, do you it got? Is a, it what is you a got? feeling of uncertainty, a <laughs> feeling of imminent dissolution, the destruction of my personal, physical, emotional, spiritual integrity by something that just hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. And now my mind is trying to figure out, well, that's the way I look at it. You know, I used to think that my heart beat fast because I have anxiety. And now sometimes I think that I have anxiety because my heart beats fast. Well, I don't know right. which is which. Well, I don't... It's the same. You have both because one causes yes. the other. And but whichever like that, way you start. If, if it was rational, then it wouldn't be a problem. You know, it's mm-hmm. the fact that it is irrational and, and it's irrational in a way that one can look at in your hand and know it's irrational. Does that make it better? Guess what? Update your notes. That makes it worse. This woman who wrote this article knows it is quote unquote crazy to need to flip the light switch on and off for half an hour. David Sedaris knows he shouldn't have to kiss a frog every time he leaves the yard. <laughs> he knows he shouldn't have to rock and make these noises. He knows he, he, he shouldn't, shouldn't pick up, pick up the, the, the lid from the milk with his right hand put in his left pocket. The fact that you know that's irrational, it makes it worse. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's been a mixed bag. There's more, there are things to be anxious about now, but on the other hand, the, the shameful thing one can't say in public the ability to renegotiate expectations with people has been great. Mm-hmm. The ability, I mean, the, the, this has been a train wreck for my kid as far as school, you know, QED, it's, mm-hmm. just, it's the worst. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of things that are good. My, you know, my wife doesn't have to get dry cleaning and drive to work, you know? 
there has been a, there's a very slow, and I think we're not going to see the results of this probably for six months to five years. But there's been a growing understanding that I feel like that there's a certain kind of BS that people are going to be less willing to tolerate in the next little while. We'll yeah. see how that works out mm-hmm. because everybody's got different demands on them. But like, you know, the sort of culture I've talked about in those various talks I've done in the past, the kind of culture about meetings where you can just kind of walk somebody into a room, is that going to be okay now? Even if we're all healthy, isn't there something we've all realized about what is doable and valuable about our work without regard to whether our ass is in a particular seat at a particular time? Right. I sure hope we learn something from that. Hope to shout. Mm-hmm. But um, that, you know, I, 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 I do think it's super interesting. I'm glad, I'm glad you shared that. Yeah. Okay. That's, um, cool. and I, and of course reading this article. Now this I definitely telling, will, I suppose. will be reading it. Well, okay. So let me, we're getting long here and I want to hear your, your needs for help. But I, I, the other thing I recommended this to you in a text and I want to recommend it to our listeners. Mm-hmm. There is a comedian. Um, there are, there's a handful of clean comedians that I think are some of the funniest people in the world. The wonderful Jim Gaffigan, he's a pale fella. Is he wearing a blouse? <laughs> Jim Gaffigan, very funny. Maybe my all-time favorite though is Brian Regan. And uh, my family's seen Brian Regan live. He's extremely funny. You might know Brian Regan from, uh, here's my impression of, of the great Brian Regan routine. You too! You might know him from that. You might know him from uh, Stupid School, uh, trying to get valet parking at the emergency room. Brian Regan is extremely funny. Brian Regan is back with his special on Netflix, Brian Regan on the Rocks. Two big revelations from Brian Regan, because it's always two things with Brian Regan. First of all, now he's gray. He stopped using hair dye, and he has a very funny bit about that. But the tentpole of the first act of this show that I recommend to everybody, mm-hmm. especially anybody who has struggled with OCD, uh, one doesn't like that word, anybody who's, who's, who's had OCD or who's wondered if they have OCD, he talks about his OCD diagnosis. And I recommended this to you because it is very funny, but he also nails something that I think a lot of people get wrong or are a little, what people, what people, the classic OCD stuff that becomes, oh my God, I'm so OCD. You know, like that's an adjective. Yes. Um, I think people get the compulsion part. I'm probably going to get this a little bit backwards. But when we think about, what we talk about, when we talk about OCD, as Raymond Carver said, we think about, oh, you've got to line up your knickknacks and you've got to like, you know, tag your MP3s and, or you've got, in this case, like you've got to flip the light switch on and off. And I think the part that people miss that's really important is the obsessive part. Hmm. Is the like, is the thought process behind the things that people see. We're not even getting into the stuff about like Maria Bamford has talked about like, you know, am I a murderer? And I just don't know it yet. Will I throw people on the train tracks? People who like a woman who counts her three kids over and over, mm-hmm. like sets of four, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Right. Because she has a compulsion, an obsession about whether she'll harm them, even though she's never harmed them. And then a compulsion about a behavior that feels like it will help with the obsession. So the compulsion part is what all the weird, you know, the, all the strangers see. The obsession, I feel like, and I could be getting this wrong, you tell me. I feel like the part people don't always get right is what leads to the compulsion, which is the obsession. Yes. And I won't spoil this, but Brian Regan talking about even having to fill out the form for whether he learns if he has OCD is such a fun, albeit comedic, adapted feeling about what OCD clearly feels like, Mm -hmm. which is just this this kind of never-ending, like my anxiety, and there's a lot of Venn diagram going on here, 
like my anxiety, your, your OCD finds you casting about for solutions to a persistent, often like invasive set of thoughts and beliefs. And then you know, we all have those kinds of things, but when we're feeling on top of our game, we can just set that aside and go, well, no, no, I'm actually, I'm actually not going to uh, take out my genitals and start screaming on the subway. <laughs> uh-huh. But, you know, again, and Maria Bamford, I'll, I'll send, uh, I'll drop in the Maria Bamford special too, but I recommend this Brian Regan on the rocks. It's a, it's a look into uh, OCD. I recommend you check it out. Very nice. Maria Bamford is a gift. Um, Dan, um, mm. we got some things in notes. Did you need help from our from our uh, our listeners about something? Uh, one one thing, two things. Uh, well, I, always I need, two things with I, you. Well, I need a little help, and then I need. Uh, I have a question for a recommendation, and then I want to talk. Uh, but we don't have time today, so I'll talk about it next week. We got um, all the time you want, Dan. We well, no, because I've got a, I've want. got a hard out. You probably do too, but I've got a hard out in like five, mm. so I can I'm relay flash these it out. and then <laughs> it's useless. Sorry. Um, I should drink more water. So uh, the first thing is there, I have an issue. I have a Sonos One, which is the uh, the, the little fat that's boy. The box. The boxy, the boxy. fat, the fat boy. And um, I think I have those two. That's the one that's like, it's like, a, you know, it's it's a round wrecked, mm-hmm. sort of almost Amazon style thing, but like round wrecked and like eight inches tall, something like that. Yes, that sounds exactly like it. Um, so basically... It is hooked up and it has access to Spotify. So I can say, keyword, play some music. And uh, she will come back and say, playing music on Spotify. And then nothing happens. It never plays anything. I can say, keyword. And you got this all configured in the app? Yeah, I'll configure in the app. Uh, Then I can Mm -hmm. say, keyword, uh, please play music on Amazon Music. And it will say, playing Amazon Music. And it will not play anything. And if you do it from the app, does it work? If I go into the Sonos app and play something, which is a terrible app, it, it, yes, it, it will play. Okay. So that's something that was interesting to me. So now I do have in uh, at my other location, I have the Sonos bar under the TV for the you know the sound bar under the TV, and it's a cute little bar, and it, it that's in the system too. So my first theory was it's. Since I'm at the little studio, it's playing the music through the sound bar, but my family has said that it is not. So mm-hmm. it's not that. <laughs> Maybe it thinks it is. The second thing that I read that, that people said you could do is you can remove, you can go into the um, keyword app. I'm not saying the word. You can go into that app and then you can disable the Sonos skill and then re-add it back. Now, I did that and it made it work, mm. but then it stopped working again. And then, uh, and then the final thing that they say that you can do is you can actually choose like your default device, or you can instruct it to play through a default device, and um, and 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 or or by saying like keyword play music in the kitchen, let's say, and and your if your Sonos you have to get more specific with right the command that doesn't do anything. So if anyone has had this problem and knows what I'm supposed to do, even if it's to go completely nuclear on it and blow the whole thing away and start over, that's fine. I don't care. I'll do whatever. I don't care. I, I did try that once before already. Um, and the second the second thing is that I would like a router recommendation, a Wi-Fi router recommendation. I have, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm very much enjoying 
the uh, Eero that I already have set up, and I I'm open to saying, well, I'll get another one for my second happening. location. We, we have almost exactly the same question. Uh, and so I put one in the show notes. I put one Dan, in there. Dan, I thought I, I had looked at this router yeah. on Amazon. I thought I had accidentally added it to show notes. And I was like, whoopsie doopsie, because it wouldn't be the first time I've done that. But like, I've looked at this router for a related thing I'm trying to solve. Yeah. So this one seems so, so, like a so, really good so Eero, one. The thing about an Eero is... You can run it in the whatever the one mode is or the bridge mode. You mm -hmm. can have Eero just be a, a well, how would you describe it? An access point. Yes. And a D, you could have it be a DHCP right. server. But most people like me use Eero as both the, is router the right word? Yeah, modem to router. The modem right. is my you know, surfboard. And then that goes into Eero. Eero becomes an access point for Wi-Fi as well as the, what would you call it? The router, I guess. Yeah. It, it does the DHCP. It does all that stuff. You can, you know, reserve addresses and uh, ports, stuff like that. But you can also then choose to put it in bridge mode and have a different modem. What is it you're trying to solve? Uh, I need, I need a new one. Um, the old one that I have. To, to is, replace the Eero? No, not to replace the Eero, um, but to replace the other one that I had in the studio, which is just really old and junky and not, not anything good. Is um, Eero still going to do the Wi-Fi stuff? I'm going to keep the Eero at my house and it's going to keep doing the stuff that it's been doing. This is a, for the okay. other location. So I need something new. I could go and get another Eero, but it's, it, I don't know if I, if, you know, I'm open, yeah, I'm open to learning. I'm open to learning. I want to learn. I want to see what people say. I mean, I, I really, I mean, they've been a previous sponsor of the show. I am, I very much love the Eero products. I'll speak candidly. I, I love the Eero products Me and too. I think, I think they're amazing. I continue to believe that is one of the best apps for controlling hardware I've ever used in the modern age. I get the, I get the heebie-jeebies a little bit about the Amazon connection, mm -hmm. but you know, the, the truthfully, I'm so this is probably a sunk cost fallacy, but like I've invested a lot in beacons and I, it works. And anytime <laughs> that combination of you've invested money and it works, there's a lot of resistance to making changes to it. So what do you describe? Do you want to read this or shall I? What's the name of this product that you're looking at? Uh, this is real good. You please, please read it. Oh, so, well, then, so this is one you're, you're considering yes. and you want people's advice on, is this a good one? Is this one, a good right? one or is there a better good one? Is there another okay, good okay. one? Okay, the one Dan's looking at is, <clears throat> is the uh, TP-Link Wi-Fi 6 uh, uh, AX3000 Smart Wi-Fi Router Archer AX50 802.11ax Router Gigabit Router Dual Band OFDMA MU MIMO 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 BIMO Parental Controls Built-in Home Care Works with Alexa. Sorry, Alexa, go home. Um... So yeah, what, just, what are the listeners saying? Just clarify, because again, I, I'm real stupid. Um, this is going, so you had an Eero at work. You want something new no, at the, the Eero, office. The Eero's at home. The, but the, no, 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 I'm not trying to slag Eero. I'm just saying it's like this, this will replace, this is going to be your router and your source of Wi-Fi, correct? At the at the studio, yes. At the studio, yeah, okay. So my question is, clarify. because I have the Eero doing its job at home, and do I want to get another Eero for this very small studio space, or do I want to get uh, this router that looks like it, 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 it it would be good. Or is have you considered stuff like uh, Ubiquity? I thought that was really good and really expensive, though. Isn't that pricey? I think it is, and it is. Yeah. But, and it's pretty nerdy. Marco loves it, but I think he's also pretty quick to say this is definitely not for everybody. 
I mean, Eero really has been historically really in the sweet spot, given lots of conditions, including that, like Apple's not making routers now. Like it was great when they made routers and had hard drives and stuff. Um, but um, Eero, it's, it's, and this is not an ad, but like they are, they actually do configure ridiculously fast the ability to um, get those beacons in my case, um, makes a big difference, but there, there are limitations, which in a second is where we'll get to my request for help. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to tell. And you know, Dan, this is again, just a little bit of bitching. This is nobody's fault, but the world that sounds like a Smith song. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Please mm -hmm. capture that. Nobody's fault, but the world. Nobody's, fault uh, which is that it's so difficult to figure out anything. Once you, the thing is, once you know about review meta, which may or may not be going away or, you know, fake spot or whatever you use, let me tell you this, bud, whoever you are, listener, hello, hello, please start doing this just, just as a thought experiment. When you find an item on the Amazon website with, um, 4,500 reviews and in this case, okay, 7,999 reviews with an average rating of what looks like four and a half stars. Now, because my demos are the worst, this probably won't yield anything interesting. But grab the URL, any URL from Amazon, copy it, and then go to Review Meta and paste it in. Now, this one's pretty good. What Review Meta does is it uses some special sauce and uh, various ways to go to reviewmeta.com. I'll put it in notes. You drop in a URL there, and it uses their special sauce to try and figure out, based on many different factors, how reliable that rating is. I've never seen a rating that went up <laughs> after review meta, but I've seen a ton that went down. More saliently though, this isn't a nerdy site, but you go in and it's going to say like, what's the overall grade for the rating on this? And then it's going to give you lots of specifics. Here's the most trusted review, the least trusted review. Here's where it failed. It failed on stuff like phrase repetition, reviewer participation, and stuff like, you know, that goes in and finds people who have only reviewed stuff from one brand. It looks at all different sources and then combines that into this big ball and then comes up with, if you just want the top line, it'll say, you know what, this TP-Link Wi-Fi 6, I'm not going to do it again. It gets 4.4 average on Amazon. Once we've adjusted it for what we know, we're adjusting that down to 4.0. Right. Which is not, not terrible. But once you start doing this, especially on exactly the kind of stuff you'd imagine, Bluetooth headphones, cables, um, you know, all kinds of like commodity equipment, It'll blow your mind. And then, then what do you do? Then you go to Google and you say, oh, best Wi-Fi router. Well, that's going to turn out great. Let's like ask them for best boner pills. <laughs> like you just, and <laughs> then what, you, what do you end up on? You end up on these farms, right. thin affiliate sites that are basically farms of, here's you know top 10 Wi-Fi routers updated 2021. Yeah, wow, cool. And then you go in there and it's, you can see if you've looked at Amazon, guess what? It's exactly the top 10 best sellers on Amazon. They've just scraped through a thin affiliate site. It's so difficult to get decent advice about any of this. You've got to go to nerds. Like if you want Synology advice, you've got to go to like nerd sites. And even then everybody's got their own bone to pick or their own like hang up about something. But, and I'm going through this right now. Well, can I, can I kind of do one thing and then we'll, and we'll bounce? Yeah. Related to this. I've said before, I want something the way that I would envision this. I want something that lives between my router and my modem. Let me put it this way. Any of y'all have ever used Objective Development's app, Little Snitch? I want Little Snitch for my whole network. What does that mean? Little Snitch is a very clever app from the folks who make LaunchBar. 
Little Snitch, uh, I'll put it in notes. Little Snitch is a very clever app that basically monitors, it says, okay, I've installed Little Snitch, let it go. Now you launch this thing, and like I say, it's like you just upgraded to Big Sur. You're gonna have so many pop-ups, because what does Little Snitch do? It says, hey, just requested a, a connection to 5x5.tv on port 80, mm-hmm. outbound. Is that cool? And you go, yes, yes, like that's fine. Right. Or you could even say, all port 80, outbound port 80 requests, I haven't used this in years, are fine. And then you notice things like, hey, here's an inbound request for this UDP thing. And you're like, hmm, okay, I guess that's all right. That looks pretty familiar. But once you've gotten through getting all that dumb stuff set up, it becomes amazingly useful because you'll start getting fewer of those notifications. And when you do, you're going to go, huh, that's weird. Why does this app I just launched want to go to this address for this thing? Like, if I don't know why it's doing that, I'm going to shut it off. See if it breaks, see what it does. I want that for my network, okay? So in particular, I love my LG TV. I do not trust my LG TV. Unlike Chairman Gruber, I think the LG, I think, I think the apps on my LG TV, I'm going to put it this way, it outpaces Apple in a ton of ways. Um, not least stuff like the interface lets you <laughs> see what your options are for doing other things without leaving the current app. Right. Like, there's just so much stuff. It's got, of course, then it's got the built-in stuff. It's got pixel refresher to fix my screen. It's got all these different, like, all the TV stuff plus all of the apps. The only app I have not found yet for LG TV, one of the few, like HBO Max, but all the other ones. I get I get, I get get Apple TV. I get Plex. I get Hulu. <sighs> of course, I get Netflix. You can get Netflix on a toilet at this point. Um, <laughs> and But there's all of those things. Plus, straight out of the box, it does a bunch of stuff with UPnP. Shut up, I know. But you can like you can do stuff like just go browse local drives for photos or videos or whatever. It's extremely powerful. But but I also know that I'm getting ads, for mm-hmm. example, in parts of the interface, which I don't love. But you know whatever. But but even if you go in and shut off, don't sell my info. Right. Step zero when you set up one of these TVs, like once you've got it running. Go in and learn all the things you can shut off that you don't need. All of their quote unquote AI stuff. No, no, I don't want any of that. Like turn all of that off. We're not even talking about motion smoothing here. I just, I, I have a feeling it's sending data. I remember when I very first heard, this sounds so nutty. This sounds like John DuPont stuff. But I remember when I first heard that like, have you, I mean, have you ever got an HDMI cable that like didn't work and you weren't sure why? Yeah, well, it's because there's stuff built into all of these things that are meant to like keep you from, I guess, stealing stuff right. or that is meant to like wheeze your juice. So like I've known for a long time, there's been, there's technology that actually exists where they can take a signal of whatever you're watching and know what you're watching. I mean, that sounds nuts, but do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like there's I mean, ways, even like if the, it doesn't know what channel stuff. this is. Yeah. Like, let's say you're running something on VLC. It can take a raw video image and be able to know that that's something, that's an episode of season one of Game of Thrones. And like, I get why they want to do that. Um, that's probably one of the less dark things that they would do. Like, you know, once they, and again, like stuff like Hulu, I imagine Hulu get, gets a ton of data about how you watch TV. And there's the stuff that I know, there's the stuff I can imagine. Who knows what I can't even imagine? And I would like to, and I'm willing to spend a little dough on this, as I'll explain in a minute, I want something that sits between whatever router I have and whatever internet I have and gives me the ability to at least see what's happening with the signals that are going out in and out of my network and ideally to have some control 
over what those uh, what happens with those signals in and out. Do you know what I mean? I do. If anybody out there has Eero, tell me if Firewall is going to work. Let's button this up. I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man. 